Hey everybody, I am Dee Dee LaFrac. This is your daily unfiltered, uncensored podcast from the Tenderloin District of downtown San Francisco. San Francisco, damn. Yo, everybody, thank you so much for subscribing. You're the best. New subscribers, you've got great taste in podcasts. New listeners, oh boy, you are in for a very wonderful short format podcast. Today is Thursday, June 25th, 2020. I am going to get into it very fast. Now, I'm calling this podcast uh, Theater of the Absurd. That's the main title. It is about something that happened yesterday on Twitter. I was scrolling around and I came across a photograph. There is a establishment called The Stud, a legendary queer bar. It got priced out of San Francisco. Unfortunately, their community could not save them. I think they had a gigantic rent increase still. This is a San Francisco Bay Area. This isn't a small Mississippi town poverty stricken. There are tons of people with money, billionaires in town, millionaires in town. They've been open over 30 years. So they could have gotten saved for some reason. I was so shocked. Their community did not galvanize to save the stud. Giving you a great example of communities galvanizing in North Beach, there is a legendary bookstore called City Lights Bookstore. They were in danger of also closing, and their community galvanized and raised over $350,000 and saved them. So, trust, I was shocked, but this is San Francisco, say la vie, businesses closed, nobody's immune. As a black woman, I watched the Tenderloin uh, not the Tenderloin, the Fillmore, be gentrified. I've seen many black businesses, restaurants uh, go out of business. That's the nature of gentrification. All right. Uh, specifically, there's this wonderful bookstore called Marcus Books, Upper Fillmore. They got priced out. Did black people show up and start acting local and um, vandalizing the building? No. So I digress. Let me get to the point. Now, I came across a, a photo and it upset me because this person was criminalizing black people and pimping black people for his cause and I find that cowardly despicable and racist yep I'm saying that and I'm saying that as a widow of a white Jewish guy my best friend Richard LaFrac for over 25 years co-producer we lived together over 25 years so that is really getting in the white people y'all I really do so I um I feel it's my duty to call people out on that, especially being a black woman in San Francisco. We have a very small percentage of black people in the city anyway, and too many uh, are on the street, less than 5%, and over 50% of the homeless are black people, primarily black males. And of course, you know, that includes being a big part of the junkie apocalypse. Anywho, I approached this guy, white guy, business owner. I later found out he is an aide for one of San Francisco's district supervisors. The district supervisor, his name is Aaron Peskin. I met Aaron Peskin in front of City Hall. He was very pleasant to me. I have to say that. I have nothing against Aaron Peskin. And I don't even really know this dude. So I just said, you know what? I'm a black woman. I, you know, I see, you know, put Black Lives Matter in there. Black people wouldn't care enough to tag that building. This is what I'm basically saying. And I knew he was pimping black people. I knew he was also, uh, and it's racist to criminalize us, to put the name black. The first thing, the first tag on the building, he vandalized the building under the name of black people. Black Lives Matter. I am not affiliated with Black Lives Matter. I am a black woman, though. And I live in San Francisco. I don't need anybody looking at me like I'm a criminal. Okay. So I called the dude out on it. 
I'm sure he was surprised. You know, people like that, those phony liberals, they're used to, especially those white male phony liberals. Oh, boy, talk about pseudo superiority complex. They think that the world is theirs, have a crown on their head, and they could do whatever the frig they want, even criminalizing people that they pretend that they care about. And he basically told me that it was all about queer erasure. He ended up deleting this re- this message. I'm sure somebody screenshot it. I'm not really into screen shooting things. And he, um, I'm sure he was surprised that I called him out on it. And I kept saying over and over, basically, uh, the stud closing is not the black person's fight. That wouldn't even be Black Lives Matter's fight. The, the stud, although it is a wonderful place, it's mainly, it's, it's run by a collective. There is, as far as I know, one black person, a transsexual person, and that's the only black person that's part of the collective that I understand. I've been there many times, dozens of times. It is a, it was a primarily white establishment, you know, then Hispanics, Asians, and they have different nights with different people of different races, primarily a white establishment. We have to keep it 1000 on that. And that's the nature of San Francisco. You know, San Francisco is not a black city. Okay. So I called this person out. And he did end up blocking me. I did call him a phony. A phony is somebody who's fake. So he was surprised that he got called out for pimping and criminalizing black people. Now, like I said again, and I did a informal poll with black people I know in San Francisco. I'm like, hey, would, do you heard about the stud bar clothes? Would you go down there and tag? All of them was a resounding no. They, you know, said, wow, the stud haven't been there in a long time, but nobody would put their name on graffiti, vandalizing. Now, this guy broke the law under the name of black people. Do you understand why that got me going? Okay, so I guess he could not bear being confronted by a black woman. One, I was not vulgar, um, but I kept at it. I'm like, this. what does this have to do with black people? If you want to tag a building under your name, he wrote, uh, Black Lives Matter, that was the first graffiti, like trying to say black people are going along with this criminal, criminal act of vandalizing. No, we do not. Then it was like, uh, let me, let me go and look at the photo so I can tell you guys specifically what else this dude said. That, okay, Black Lives Matter, we will not be erased in a pink triangle. You know, pink triangle is a sign for gay people. I think they did that in Nazi Germany. So what this, what this guy should have done. If he's going to vandalize a building, uh, the gay bar got um, priced out. Somebody came in and painted over the colorful paint that the stud had. They painted it beige. Obviously, he didn't, him and his minions, that chose not to save the stud. You keep following me? These are thousands of people. San Francisco was drowning in money. They did not save the stud. Now they're crying, you know, crying over spilled milk. Gonna do just like the black people did, Hispanic people. There was a wonderful bar on 16th Mission called Este Noche. Great gay bar. They got gentrified out. Did they come back tagging? No. So take your loss and move on just like everybody else when the city gets gentrified because that's the nature of San Francisco. And stop criminalizing black people while you do it so. This guy wrote, first thing he wrote, Black Lives Matter. Like black people give a damn. Seriously. Then he wrote, we will not be erased. What he should have, the first thing he should have wrote is queer lives matter. Not man enough to do that. He should have wrote 
queer lives matter. We will not be erased. That's what he should have wrote, but he couldn't balls up. He had to pretend like he had this army of black people, you know, his black minions saying, yay, yay, Buana, we agree with you vandalizing this new paint job. No, we don't. So that's why I called the guy out. And that is the story, y'all, the theater of the absurd, the stud and black lives matter. So you know about me, right? Yeah, you do. Sexist, womanist, bohemian trophy widow. I started this podcast April 4th, 2020. I am now considering this podcast like I did when I started public cable access way back in 1995. Yeah. And produced public access for decades. I consider podcasting the new public access. It takes a certain personality to podcast. I'm not here to mammy anybody to podcast. I laugh when people kind of drop hints like they want me to be their cheerleader. That's not happening. I, I advocate for three people, me, myself, and I, and I am also reciprocal. A lot of people are used to, used to black women just like being quiet or black women um, being their sidekick and, and just taking all the crap and being their rah-rah cheerleader. I rah-rah cheerleader for me. So anyway, this guy who is Aaron Peskin's aide got called out by another guy who called him out for basically kind of, you know, talking down on me. So there you go, people. People are watching. And the guy who did this nonsense, you need to man up and go and revandalize that building, paint it over beige, and the first thing you need to write is queer lives matter. Okay, man up. Be responsible for yourself. Hey, everybody, guess what? I'm Dee Dee LaFrac. I trust my vibe. San Francisco, damn.